Welcome back, Travel Besties, to Season 2 of the Passports and Coffee Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Sherea. This season, we're excited to introduce to you some new Travel Besties. So grab yourself a cup of coffee. And let's inspire you to travel the world. Hello, Travel Besties. Welcome back to another episode here on the Passports and Coffee podcast. We are so excited to be having a super fun conversation with one of our friends, Cello. And I actually started following Cello. We found each other on Clubhouse, which is a um, a different platform. But first, Cello, go ahead and introduce yourself. And then also, I want to know what your go-to coffee order is. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's really awesome to be here uh, doing my first ever podcast. Uh, I have been invited on some before, but it just never ended up working out. So when you reached out to me the other day, I was all over it. I think I responded within minutes and I was like, I'm in. Yeah, I was actually really surprised how fast you responded. I was like, Sweet. we actually like, had you as like a guest written down, like when we were in Utah coming up with like episodes, because Sherry was like, oh, well, he stayed in all these hostels and he worked in hostels. I was like, that's an episode. <laughs> so we're glad that yeah, you said when you, yes. Uh, when you brought up the topic to speak about hostels today, obviously um, I have I'm very well versed in the whole hostel world all around the all around the uh, all around the world, and it's something I feel uh, passionate about uh, as far as like changing people's perceptions on what a hostel is and uh, the fact that it's not like it is in the movies or or the movie called Hostel, which a lot of people associate a hostel with that movie and being very unsafe and you know, things are all these crazy things are going to happen to me, but it's not really like that. So I'll dive deeper into that in a little bit. Um, but my name is Cello. For those that are listening, I live here in Charlottesville, Virginia. I have been solo traveling around the world uh, for the, the better part of the last decade um, through 25 different countries, uh, five different continents. Um, and throughout all that time, I did it whilst staying in hostels for the most part. Um, and I've now reached almost 200 different hostels. Um, I've stayed in hostels that cost a dollar and I've stayed in hostels that cost a hundred dollars. So I've seen the full spectrum uh, of what it's like. Uh, I've stayed in party hostels and I've stayed in mom and pop bed and breakfast. Uh, so I've seen it all. And uh, that's what I plan on sharing with you all today. So Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, before we get into it, what is your go-to coffee order? My go-to coffee order, I so that I have two. Well, first off, if I'm not getting my coffee out, because I do, I do spend money on coffee out, but I also do enjoy making it at home. I make it in a French press. That's how. That's my preferred style. Uh, but I drink coffee black with nothing in it. I prefer as dark as possible. Um, I don't like mild roast, medium roast. I want it, I want it dark and I'll, I'll just do a black iced coffee or just a Americano. Uh, I'm very simple, plain, but, uh, I am a daily coffee drinker. Um, a big coffee guy. I've actually volunteered on a coffee farm in Colombia before <laughs> I used to, oh, I used cool. to dig holes every day for like a couple of weeks to, uh, to continue on traveling. But that was, yeah. Yeah, that was back in 2018. So Big coffee guy. I love my coffee. That's kind of cool. Love that. So fun. What what inspired you first to start traveling? Um, I, when I was in university, I went to Virginia Commonwealth University here in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, I actually, it was my junior year, senior, I forget, to be honest. Um, this was back in 2014. 
And I got a message from one of my friends who I went to high school with, but we ended up going to college together. And she messaged me and she said, hey, uh, there's a spot open on this study abroad trip to Spain coming up next month. And she was like, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, but what do I need to do? I didn't have a passport at the time. I had never really left the country. I, I had traveled to the Dominican Republic when I was a child, but since then I had done no international travel, but I really wanted to do it. It was like a month long program. I said, yes, I want to join, but like, I need to, I need to get a passport. So I immediately went home to my mom and I was like, mom, I need, I didn't have any money. I was broke. And I was like, mom, I need $1,500 for this program. I really want to do it, but how are we going to get this done? And my mom, She's a go-getter. So if she if she wants something done, she's going to get it done. So we woke up the following morning and we drove to Washington, D.C. at like 4 a.m. And we were the first people in line at the passport headquarters. And uh, we so we go in and we walk up to the little kiosk and the lady was like, oh, well, my mom, first off, kind of explained the situation. She's like, hey, you know, my son wants to further his education. He wants to travel. Uh, we don't have a passport, but we need one ASAP. What can you do for us? And the lady looked at me and she's like, she's like, do you really want a passport? Do you really want to further your education? Like, do you really want to go? And I was, I was just like, yes. <laughs> so she goes, come back at 5 p.m. and I'll have your passport ready. And we paid her, oh, we wow. paid her $125 and I had my passport the same day. And then I ended up going on that trip to Spain, uh, which opened everything for me uh, as far as like my perspective on travel and like where I am today, almost a decade later. When I returned home from Spain, I had the travel bug. We all get it. Everyone who goes international uh, and has a great time, you come home and you want more. So yep. I ended up, uh, I was like, well, where am I going to go next? Uh, I didn't have any money. I didn't, I didn't know what I, I know I wanted more. So I think over like the course of the next year or so, I saved up a good amount of money and I booked a one-way flight to Peru because that's where a lot of people go when they're, you know, either want to solo travel or, you know, it has one of the seven world wonders, Machu Picchu. So it's like a very enticing destination to go to. Uh, if you're new to travel, like, oh, I'd love to go see Machu Picchu. Let's just go to Peru. So I went there and that's where I got the, actually not the first hostel I stayed at, but the second hostel I stayed at in my life was in Lima, Peru, the capital. And it was a party hostel. At the time, I think I was 20, 22 or 23. So I, I was in party mode. You know, I like to have fun. And so I was like, I just Googled party hostel, like, or cheap options to stay in Lima because I didn't have a lot of money. Uh, so I found this place. It was called Loki. And I did a little bit of research and it was known for being a party hostel. And I was like, okay, sounds like a lot of fun. So I'm going to go there. And then I ended up staying there for a few weeks, ran out of money and came home. But that's kind of like how I, to answer your question, that's kind of how I got my start in this whole travel thing. And from there, a lot has happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. Um when you came back home, did you go directly back to Lima? Because you've also, or did you just stay? Was that the only time that you've been to Peru? Uh, no, I've actually been to Peru four times now. Um, I actually, I actually wow. lived there for almost a year, volunteering in a hostel, which I can get into later. It was a crazy story of how I ended up doing this, and it's crazy <laughs> what I was doing every day on a daily basis. But I can dive deeper into that in a little bit. Actually, go ahead and just start um, with how you started volunteering and working in a hostel. Was it in Peru? Yes. Uh, the first hostel I volunteered at was, uh, the Loki. So it's a chain. There's one in, in Lima. There's one in Mancara, the surf town in the North of Peru. There's one in La Paz, Bolivia. There's one in Cusco. Uh, and I think there's another one, but I forget where it is, but what they do is, um, 
they basically will offer a guest if they know that a guest wants to stay for two weeks, four weeks, two months, however long it is, um, like a minimum commitment volunteering in most hostels is, you know, a couple of weeks. Uh, some have one week, but most want you there for like, you know, a month uh, minimum. And I was running out of money. Most of my travels, I well, years ago, uh, I didn't have a lot of money and I needed to find ways to like extend my travels. And I kind of figured out, well, I was in these hostels and I saw all these random people like working reception, working um, a janitorial staff or working the bars because a lot of hostels have bars in them or like restaurants, whatever it is. There's so many different little odd jobs. There's people who um, you can like paint murals in hostels. You can, you can do so many different things in a hostel that um, people need help with. And so I was just asking a lot of people like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, I'm just working the bar for a month here. And in exchange, they're giving me my bed for free. They're feeding me three meals a day and they're giving me, and this doesn't apply to all volunteer positions, but a lot of them give you a stipend. So I ended up volunteering behind the bar uh, for a couple of weeks, which extended my travels at that time. And then I ended up going home. But the biggest volunteer experience that I've ever had uh, and now I, I've volunteered, I think, in like eight different countries uh, to really extend my travels. But the big chunk of time was in Peru back in 2017 to 2018. I was living in Cusco and I had flown to Peru with a thousand dollars to my name. And that ran out very quickly. Um, most of it was spent on Cusqueñas, which is their local beer. <laughs> uh, and I mean, that is good beer. So yeah. And so I was in a pickle and I either had to go home and kind of restart my life and start from zero. Like I had already done multiple times before. There was about three days before I had to make a decision. And I was working at a, or prior to this, I was volunteering at the bar as a bartender um, at Loki Cusco, which is a very, very well-known hostel in America amongst the backpacker community. So it's just a very happening place. And I was, I was loving it because I was meeting new people from all over the world every single day. And the owner of the hostel, his name is Dror. He's from Israel. He came up to me and he said, hey, one of the event managers just left because they had positions, paid positions for, uh, I guess not volunteers, but volunteers, they would offer volunteers some paid positions. And one of those positions is event manager. So basically all I would do, my, my job duties were to run the social media accounts and get people up and meeting each other, playing games. Um, like if I see a group of three people sitting together and I see a, a solo traveler, my job would be to like introduce that solo traveler to that group of people through games, through whatever it is, through like a free drink or like something like that, like a raffle, whatever it is. And I ended up saying yes, because my back was against the wall at this time. I had no money. And he said, I'll pay you $600 per month, which in Cusco is a, is a, decent wage and my room was free and I had three meals a day. So I ended up doing this for seven, eight, nine months. I don't, really don't remember the exact amount of time, but my job was essentially to party hundreds of people every single day of my life. My shifts were long. I worked six days a week, 12 hour shifts. They were, they were brutal. Um, half of, half of my life was kind of coming down from the day, the previous day's hangover and then beginning it again. Um, it was, it was a crazy, crazy time in my life where I was drinking every single day. I don't know how my liver uh, kept up with me. <laughs> how old were you at this point? I think I was 20, 
25. All right. So you can still hang yeah, at 25. Yeah. I was on the down. I mean, you're still kind of in that party mode. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think 25 is when you start getting those hangovers where you're like, okay. Yeah. My, my, scale my back recovery a little bit. time at this point in my life is like 48 hours recovery. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's like 72. Yeah. So <laughs> it's fine. So that's what I ended up doing for a very, very long time. I was meeting people every single day. Uh, part of my job was to like ask people to rate us on TripAdvisor because uh, TripAdvisor is really important in a lot of places because uh, TripAdvisor ranks uh, hostels or hotels in, in certain numbers in a city. So if you type in Cusco, Peru, and you type in accommodations, the place I was working at was number one out of like 420. And for a place that was always getting tourists in, because I was working in the gateway of Machu Picchu. So people were coming to Cusco and they needed a place to stay. So like the place I was working at was where everyone wanted to go. I would say mainly people ages 18 to 35. Now I met 80 year olds who would show up in this place, but um, it was mainly 18 to 35, kind of the younger crowd, um, high energy, things like that. Wow. I mean, Shreya, we stayed in a party hostel in Peru, in Huacachina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the time I- Can would... I guess the name of it? Yeah, go for it. Was it Bananas or Wild Rover? <laughs> Wild Rover. <laughs> it, it was, listen, all I'm going to say is um, at the time, what, I was like 31, you were th- 29. Like almost 30. It was yeah. before you were 30. And so, I mean, we were a little on the older side compared to like everybody else. But I mean, that was a happening place. I was like, man, we <laughs> we chose the party hostel because we really had no, we didn't realize it was a party hostel, I don't think. And then we showed up and the music's like, yeah. Mm, mm. I was like, oh man, this is going to be a, a yeah, long night. I, I've been to that one that you're describing right now. And also the place that I just explained to you, Loki Cusco, uh, their rival was Wild Rover and it was right across the street from us uh, where I was working. Oh, so it was always like a competition of who could have the better party or who can bring in the most guests or who, who has the better deals, who's selling their beer for, you know, 25 cents cheaper, things like that. I mean, it's a fun time. If you're looking for like an atmosphere where you're just having fun meeting people, one, that's kind of the reason why we like hostels. We still stay in hostels to this day. Um, but I mean, it's just like a fun atmosphere, especially if you're younger. I mean, when I was younger traveling, that's all we did was stay in hostels. It's a great way to meet other travelers. But let's also get into the fact that there are more than just party hostels out there. Because I think there's a negative connotation when it comes to hostels, right? Like people are like, oh, I don't want to be with a bunch of young people. It's, it's partying. And I'm always like, but you don't understand. There's a wide age range in every single hostel. And you can find a hostel for what you are looking for. Because I mean, we've stayed in party hostels, but we've also stayed in hostels that are a little bit more low key, as well as with like private rooms. You don't always have to be in a bunk in a dorm. So I mean, there's several different types of hostels out there and it doesn't have to be a party hostel. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, And I've seen it. Um, After I kind of got over my party hostel stage, and I began to get a little bit older, I began to and also was able to save a little bit more money and had a little bit more money in my bank account. I was starting to look at options. I wanted to continue to stay in hostels, mainly because of the social aspect. But like you said, hostels have private rooms. Um, So you can have that privacy while still having the opportunities to meet other travelers, other people who are doing the same thing that you're doing there. Uh, And I think that's huge um, for solo travelers mainly. But even if you're in a group, it's the same thing. And a way to kind of find out what kind of hostel you're going to be getting yourself into is just read the reviews. I know that sounds obvious, 
but um, some people might not do this prior to staying in a place, but you can go on hostel world. You can go on sites like booking. You can go on a company's or a hostel's website if they have one and you can just look at it. You can look at updated photos. You can go on YouTube and maybe people have made videos of this place. You can go on TikTok. You can go on so many different platforms and just type the place in that you're curious about uh, visiting uh, prior to arriving and get a feel about it. Maybe um, someone in a review has left there. Or for example, let's say you go on, actually, I'm going to give you guys a hack that I use. Ooh, so I prior to going to a destination, a hostel, it could be anything, a, a restaurant, any place in the world. I go on Instagram and I'll type it in. And on Instagram, you can see photos or videos that were posted in this place. You can look at like recent ones. You can look at the top post. Maybe the top post was seven years ago. So you can go to recent posts. You can, you can, there's two options. You hit top or recent. You can go to recent and you can see all the most recent posts of this place. It could be a restaurant, like I said, hostel. And you can DM these people who have posted these photos or videos. And you can say, hey, I noticed you posted uh, a video of X, Y, and Z last week. What did you think of it? Uh, I, I plan on staying there next week. I would love it if you could give me, you know, like a little bit of a, a review. Um, was it good? Was it bad? And a lot of people will see the message and reply to it because a lot of these people are just, just like us. They don't have like 10 million followers where they'll never see your message. Chances are they're going to see your message and they'll get back to you like, hey, I didn't like it or it was really noisy, or the food wasn't that good, or maybe the food was great, or maybe, you know, whatever they have to say about that place. Um, it's, that's a tool that I use when I'm planning a trip. Uh, so if I want to go to this landmark or like this place, I'll go, I'll go to Instagram, I'll type it in, I'll go to recent, I'll reach out to that person. I'm like, hey, my name is Cello. I know this, ran uh, this message is random, uh, but I'm going to be visiting this place. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, do you have any tips for me? So that's one thing that I do. I do the same thing, actually. But I've had people reach out to me, too, um, just randomly, like, oh, hey, I saw that you did this thing. Like, what would you think about it? Is it worth it? And I always give my true and honest opinions because there's no point in lying to somebody. But also, we all have different wants and needs out of things. So, I mean, what I thought was a flaw or a negative could be a positive for somebody else. So I, I agree with you. I think that's a great way of finding out if something is what you're looking yeah. for. I mean, everything that you are going to do when you're traveling, someone has done it before you. So just find those people and, and reach out to them. So you've stayed at quite a lot of hostels. What is it that keeps bringing you back to staying there? Is it just the social aspect of meeting new people? Is there something else that keeps calling I you think back? because I have, I think because they've been so good to me in the past and they've allowed me to extend my travels over and over and over again. I'll always have love for hostels. Um, yeah, I just, I, I have a soft spot for them. I know that as I get older and I have been doing it lately is, you know, sometimes I'll just want the comfort of a hotel. Uh, sometimes I'll just want the privacy um, and, and that's okay. But for the most part, I'm still, I'm 30 years old and I still stay in hostels and I will continue to stay in hostels. I love meeting new people. Some of the best friends I've ever made in my life who I still speak with to this day, I met in a hostel, between the walls of a hostel. So um, the best part about it is, I mentioned this a few minutes ago, is that you're going to meet people, uh, if you're traveling, you're going to meet people who are doing the same things you're doing. So if you're going to a crazy landmark, um, you're going to find that you're going to overhear people talking about it. And you can kind of just, hey, I'm by myself. 
um, I, you guys are going to X, Y, and Z today. Uh, I, I would love to join if you guys don't mind. And then boom, you have four friends. And then boom, you guys are getting dinner together. And boom, you're doing all these things. And then the next day you wake up and you see them again. And the night prior, they invited you to the activity the next day. And then boom, you have friends for life pretty much. The best part is too, is like a solo trip can turn into like a group trip, right? Because like ultimately like you're going solo, but then you're meeting people with the same common interests as you. And like you said, like these people become actual like lifelong friends. I mean, that's how I've met a lot of my friends. Me and Sherea met through traveling. So we're huge advocates of it and just going out and just saying hi to people. I mean, even though we're slightly introverts in a way, um, you do have to make that like effort to meet people, but hostels are a great way to do that. I know previously we've met a lot of people along our travels, like in hostels that to this day we still talk to. So I think that's a great way of meeting people and just, you know, creating lifelong friendships. Along yeah. The way. That's, that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, anybody can get on a plane and anybody can travel, but I think it's really the people that you meet along the way that will make or break your experience. Uh, I think that's where a lot of people form the, the bulk of their uh, opinion on how a trip went or like what they think of a place. It comes back to the people I really think. Um, Cause you know, one or two, negative experiences with with people can make or break you know oh i i hated this place because i got scammed by this one guy and you know it was a very specific experience and unique to that person but the people are going to make it make or break your experience agreed you mentioned before that you worked at eight different hostels or volunteered at eight different hostels or countries that was a uh, i i just i threw that eight country i threw that number out there it's probably around there okay which other countries have you volunteered uh, I have at? volunteered at a bar in bangkok thailand i did it for 30 days um, and then my visa ran up i believe so i left i volunteered in vietnam um, at a hostel in ho chi minh city i did um, some creative like video advertising for them i reached out to them i said hey i'm some random guy traveling through ho chi minh city i have a camera i have a decent amount of followers on on the internet uh let me make some content for you so they you know paid for all my activities that i did there and i made them videos and it was a fair exchange uh where else have i volunteered uh, i volunteered in nicaragua um, i volunteered in colombia peru um, I believe I've, yeah, I volunteered. No, I didn't volunteer in Ecuador. I forget. It's been, it's been such a long ride the last decade. I'm trying to jog my memory yeah. for the last 10 years right now. <laughs> what was your favorite place to volunteer at? Like what um, hostel? It definitely, uh, Cusco, Peru. Um, I, ha I have, I have memories that will never be shared ever. Um, they just, there are things that, will, that can't be spoken about, um, activities that took place <laughs> there, but when I tell you that some of the, the best memories of my life happened within those walls, the most amazing people from all over the world were coming in there on a daily basis. And we just had a great time together. Uh, I was in Peru when they qualified for the world cup, um, in 2017, I believe it was, I think it was November, 2017, they qualified for the world cup for the first time in like over 30 years. And Cusco was the most magical place in the world at that time. Sure. Yeah. We were in there in 2019. Wasn't something ha something happening the day that I left? Because you sent me yeah, a video was, and they were like going yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was, it was um, I don't remember who they're playing against. I have to look back. 
but Cusco won their their football match and the, the square went crazy and it was I think they won some sort of cup because the team came in on this double double decker bus and they're like holding their 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 cup in the, uh-huh. the top of the bus but there were like fireworks happening and then just everyone out on the streets there was live performances happening and it was it was crazy I was sitting in a cafe and all of a sudden I just hear pop 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 because my back was to the window so I didn't know what was happening first thought was I thought it was gunfire and then I turn around and I'd see fireworks I'm like what is happening so then I the cafe was on um, second level so I went back down and then immediately when I get out to the square there's like policemen lining the the streets with their shields it's like whoa this is so crazy but everybody's just excited and rooting and hollering and yeah it seems like we had a a very similar experience because that's where I watched the the um the game in Plaza de Armas yeah i was in spain i was in barcelona when they were oh my gosh was it against the netherlands i think when they won did they win the cup or something i see i'm very not educated on soccer whatsoever but i was in barcelona when they won and the whole town went crazy and i remember being in a hostel that night and it was like party central so i don't know if it was spain it might have been spain that won. Um, i don't know this was back in like 2010 i don't know don't know. I can't remember. Either way, because I was in like I was in Barcelona. I had a friend in Amsterdam, and we were watching like the game in Barcelona. My friend was watching it in Amsterdam, and she was like, "Oh my god, you guys are winning!" And I was like, "Yeah, I know it's a party over here, but yeah, it it can get crazy. Um, hostels are a lot of fun. Like I said, it's it's just a social, just the whole aspect of like the social." that comes with hostels with, you know, I I love all the activities too. Like when you're younger and you're traveling solo, the activities that hostels like offer, I always love that there's some kind of like beer crawl that they do, like a bar crawl always, which is like a lot of fun. You know, you get to meet people. I know Shreya did um, a beer crawl. Didn't you do? Yeah, I did a beer tour in Prague and we're on this beer tour where I'm hanging out, meeting some people, and then this guy goes, are you staying at the check-in? And I was like, yeah, I am actually. He's like, me too. I'm like, crazy. He's like, "Um, I actually think that you're sleeping two beds, like, next to me. And I was like, no way. It was crazy because that one was organized not through the hostel. So it was um, organized through something else, and it was just crazy that we happened to be the same time, same day. Because the the room that I was staying in was in the basement, and it was a 34-bed dorm. And so I wouldn't have noticed. I've never, I think 34 is the highest I've ever heard of. Um, but the most I've ever stayed in was a 24 bed dorm. So 34, that's, yeah. yeah. That's a lot of people. I did it. I, I don't pick that high because I like, I like eight to 10 mm-hmm. is my preferred size, but I picked that because it was in the basement in what used to be like a wine cellar. And I was like, it, it's an, almost like a vault almost. I'm like, this is going to be an experience, whatever it is. And it's a 34 bed. So that in itself will be an experience. And I thought it was going to be cold down there, but it's actually really, really warm and really comfortable. And surprisingly, people were really respectful and not rowdy at all. Like I was there for maybe like four nights and people were respectful and went to bed and didn't make a noise. But the my friend, though, that I made, he said that the one next to him almost started peeing on him. <laughs> He's like taking his clothes off and almost started peeing on him in the middle of the night. It's funny you bring that up because I, I was while you were just speaking, I was thinking about something that had happened <laughs> someone pee on you no not me not me am, am i allowed to share a, a gross story yeah let's let's no. talk about oh. hassle stories i want to know some good hassle stories because we yeah, have a go few. for it well i think so when i was in ho chi minh city i had just gotten home it was about one or two in the morning and i think i was in a 12 bed uh, mixed dorm and there was this guy who was doing like the whippets all night which are like 
you know, when you're inhaling all that crap and passing out and stuff. And he was very intoxicated and he comes back in and apparently he thought he was in the bathroom. He, he ended up, the lockers were under the beds. So each bunk bed had two lockers and the girl on top, on the top bunk, um, she had her stuff down there, obviously. And he started peeing all over her belongings and she didn't, she didn't have any idea he was doing this. So like, it, it took about 15 seconds for everyone in the room to realize what was happening because people thought there was like a, a leak or like <sighs> it was raining oh, outside no. or something like that. And then we all, yeah. turned the li- we all turned the light on and this guy is just just flowing all oh, over no. <laughs> her belongings. I felt so bad for her because she was such a sweetheart. Uh, she was such a nice girl and she had to- To be honest, chuck, I would like, probably cry. Stuff and- I'd cry. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god! I mean, we have stories. I had a yeah. a guy hop in my bed when we were in Cusco. Sheree doesn't remember the story, but yeah, I had a guy hop in my bed and try to claim it was his bed. I was like, bro, like I'm sleeping. What are you talking about? <laughs> like that's also the reason why too. I think like yeah. I prefer female only because no offense, but you men are a little little too much peeing in beds and I, I agree. Know. I mean, we've done it. We've we've stayed in mixed dorms and that like hating on it but women are cleaner let's just put it that way we're cleaner there's no snoring it's usually a much better scenario (laughs) with all women um but yeah i I agree with shrey i think like eight to ten typically is like a good number we've stayed in 12 i think 12 can be a little too much sometimes especially depending how big their rooms are but yeah eight to ten but i like a nice four too (laughs) you know when there's like four people it's nice and quiet that way and then and then half of them aren't even booked so it's just you and another person. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. <laughs> I, I do. I, I love when like it's kind of an empty hassle. You're like, yes, it's like we have a private room without having a private room. That's always a bonus because <laughs> you never know yeah. what you're mm-hmm. going to get when you stay in a hostel. It's like, you know, we've we've got some crazy stories. Like when we stayed in um, the one in Huacachina, oh my God, there was these two dudes that were like really trying to pick up women. It was very <laughs> obvious. And they were just like spraying cologne. And at one point I was like, bro. You, you can stop. We've had like 20 sprays too much. Okay. <laughs> like, I think it was half the bottle. You're going to attract somebody in Lima. Thank you. That's not exaggerating but, either. Yeah. Men, <laughs> men can be a little dirty, especially when you're like sharing like showers and everything. <sighs> yeah. No offense, but you guys can be dirty. So <laughs> none, none taken. Um, I'm in agreement with you. So do you have any tips for finding hostels? Yeah, there's um, there's a bunch of ways. Uh, I would say the cheapest way is to just go directly through the website. If they have a website, uh, some places don't. But if not, you can use you know sites like Hostel World, Booking. Um, they do take a cut. So like I said, if, if you can do it directly through the website, that's great. Or you can even reach out to places if they have like a social media presence. Um, you can type in on Instagram and just DM them. I've booked through DMs on Instagram before. So there's a bunch of different ways you can book, but those are those are kind of my go-tos. Direct through the website, DMing on Instagram, Hostel World, booking. There's uh, another site called Agoda, which is used a lot in uh, Southeast Asia. That's where I booked a hostel for $1. Shreya, you, you booked a cheap one in Asia too, didn't you? Yeah, I did a $2 one in Bang Bang Laos. Was that the one that you, you sprung for like the, the curtain? The two dollar, the extra dollar was for the curtain. 
no, that was the first time I ever spent that little on a hostel. And I did it because I wanted to see what a $2 hostel was like. And it was exactly what I expected it to be. But it wasn't as run down as I expected it to be as well. Like the amenities were less, which I expected, but the environment was great. And like it wasn't run down or dirty. So that was also really great. But I do like curtains. So I like to look for curtains whenever I pick hostels. Sometimes they don't really even work, though, because I was in this hostel in Slovakia and I was it was a mixed dorm, except I was the only girl in this dorm and everybody else were like middle aged. And so I just felt very like I don't want to meet anybody. And one person across from me, I think he he had seizures or something like that, because there was one time when he was standing up and I was laying in my bed with the curtain closed. And all of a sudden I just hear this like kind of noise and I like peek out in the curtain and he's like shaking the top of his bed so I don't know if it was like a mental illness or like a drug related thing I'm not really sure but I was like yeah I'm gonna keep this curtain closed and then his friend below him was like just trying to like it's okay like it's okay whatever whatever and then 20 minutes later the younger guy like opens my curtain but he's like hey do you want to go out for dinner weird transition (laughs) no no, thank you I'm good Yeah, it's like, I'm I'm good. I ate already. It's okay. And he didn't speak English really great. So it was like almost like a, it was a lot slower than just, do you want to go grab some dinner? It was like, you, you, you know how, um, like in broken English, like you eat now <laughs> kind of a thing. I was like, no, thanks. And then five minutes later, he tried again to ask me to go have dinner. And I was like, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to hang out here. But that was another crazy experience for me because like I didn't know what to do. I'm like, are you are you okay? But then he had his friend with him. So I'm like, okay, well, his friend can help him out with whatever. So my next question for you, Cello, is is there something like when you're booking for a hostel, something specific that you look in each hostel? Like, is there something that you're looking for? Curtain, like curtains? <laughs> yeah, cur- curtains are huge. Uh, if a place doesn't have curtains, you can always travel with like a very thin, like either a microfiber towel. You can kind of like cover your space with that or you can travel with like a flag or it can be just like a black uh, like a very thin black sheet um, that you could always use Um, there was one point where I would just use my microfiber towel uh, which are very thin towels and I would just cover my space with that and a lot of people do that like if you've never stayed in a hostel before and you come into a a mixed storm you might see people's beds covered with something uh, whether it's a towel a sheet or whatever if the place doesn't already have curtains. But uh, things that I look for, I look for a social atmosphere because I like to meet people. I like to leave hostels with uh, friends. And I always do, 100% of the time. Uh, I look for hot water. Some places just don't have hot water. So I'll look at the reviews and I'll make sure that like the showers are hot because I'm just not that kind of person to take cold showers. It's just not me. Yep. I've I've read self, self-help self books before, <laughs> but like, you're still not going to convince me to take cold showers to, to like improve my life. I'm not doing it. What else do I look for? I look for a place that has like a restaurant or bar. So if I don't feel like going out to find food, I can just get it on site. Uh, I look for a cleanliness. I look for uh, location is huge. I don't want it to be out in the middle of nowhere. I'd like it to be near the city center. So if I do want to go out and do something or explore the city, I can just walk out and I'm there in a couple of minutes. Um, I want to make sure it's walkable to things that I want to see. So those are just a few things that I, I would say that I look for. And I check I check all of that. Uh, you can see all of this on Hostel World. Hostel World will show you the location. It'll show you all the reviews. Hostel World actually has a feature that'll show you what people are currently staying there. I think they unleashed that like last year or two years ago or something. 
it'll it'll say hey there's 30 people here these are the countries that they're from you can like create your prof you can like create your profile uh there's even like group chats now i think where you can like if it's only for people who are staying at the hostel at that time so you can like all go into one chat and be like hey uh, I'm getting dinner here. I'm by myself. Does anyone want to join me here? Hey, doing Machu Picchu tomorrow. Does anyone want to go? You can kind of like coordinate things through the app. Yeah. I stayed at a capsule hotel in DC and they had that chat function there too. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, I think it's new. I used it for the first time in, in October of last year. I want to know, you said that you stayed at a $100 hostel. What was that one like and where was it? I think that was a year and well, maybe like 13 months ago. It, it was a Selena hostel, which um, if you're familiar with them, you've probably are familiar with hostels. You've probably heard of Selena at this point. They're known all around the world. This was in Playa Venao, Panama, which is actually where the first Selena was. Bit, it was the first Selena that was ever created. Oh. Um, and okay. it was created, um, I think, by a group of people from Israel, if I'm correct. Uh, Israelis love hostels, apparently. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I stayed there. I think it was just under 100 a night. And I had like a private tent. It was right on the beach. Uh, right next to like a bunch of surfing places and it's where I learned how to surf for the very first time in my life it was like just over a year ago yeah it was really nice is that the only Selena that you've stayed in because we've stayed in a few and we love Selena I stayed in Selena in Panama City and Playa Venao so like my whole Panama trip was in in Selena yeah because we've stayed in a couple we stayed in the Selena in Lima Cusco they actually have a few in the U.S. now we stayed in Chicago and then that one's new correct yeah the one in Chicago is newer um, so we stayed there, what, last in 2021? December yeah. 21. And then have we stayed somewhere else? I feel like we went, we had another. I think just, it's just three. Those three. We like Selena. I, I think, I think so. the, vibe the vibe is, is cool, cool, but I also think for people who are kind of on the fence of hostels, like it's mm-hmm. got a hostel feel, but like at the same time, you can have that private room and feel like you're not in a hostel setting if you don't want it to be, which I think is appealing to like the older crowd. Yeah. I guess you could say, but we like the Selena. I, I, I like what they stand for too. I don't know. And they're, they got a cool vibe everywhere we've ever been. Is no, I was going to cool. say, they always have a movie room in, in their hostels and I love that. I think that's cool. No, I was just going to say that um, you were point that if, if you're like on the fence about hostels, the Selena that I stayed at in Panama City, it was like a proper hotel. It had it had like a, five-story elevator had like a rooftop bar rooftop pool it, it, it if you did if there wasn't an s in the word you would just pick oh this is a hotel um, that's the way the one in chicago is i, I they have dorms and we stayed in a room mm-hmm. where it was like there was four beds there was like a bunk bed there was like a family yeah room. and then like two singles and obviously like the three of us had the whole room to ourselves but I mean, that is an option, and that's kind of what I like about Selena, too, is, like, they have, like, the smaller dorm rooms, they have larger dorm rooms, but then they have also, like, the the single beds, or you can do kind of, like, in a sense, a, like, a suite option, almost, so if you want that option, it's there, but yeah, we like Selena, I think it's kind of, like, a cool vibe, and usually when people are, like, oh, well, I kind of want to stay in a hostel, but I'm kind of unsure, I always say, see if there's a Selena, because, one, you get the hostel aspect in a way, but if you don't want the hostel aspect, you don't need to have it either. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And on the topic of, like, you said that, you know, more professional or maybe an older crowd uh, might be, you know, thinking about potentially staying in a hostel. Selena is good because, as you guys probably know, 
it's known for having co-working spaces where people who work mm-hmm. remotely, um, they specialize in you know, having that, having great Wi-Fi, having places to work quietly for digital nomads or people who, people who work remote. And I think they even do a package where you can pay a certain amount per month uh, and you can stay at any Selena. So let's say you're traveling all through Central America, you can pay them a certain amount per month. And then they'll give you a wristband and then you can just bounce around and travel through while you're working remotely. So that's another thing that they offer. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, We were thinking about going to Guatemala in both the locations in Guatemala we were going to plan on staying on. Um, But yeah, we like Selena. I think it's it's one of our favorites, I think, just because of the vibe and, you know, being in our 30s. We're not into that party hostel aspect anymore, but we still want the social aspect. So that's usually why we choose Selena. But, you know, there's other hostels that are kind of like that as well. It's not like Selena's the only one, but mm-hmm. that's like the only chain, that I guess, that I know that's kind of like that. I don't know. You would know better than we do. No, I agree with you guys. Um, and also, I have stayed at the Selena's in Antigua and Panajachel, which are the two in Guatemala, I believe. Um, and they're nice. So if you do decide to go, then I recommend them. Awesome. We're going to go sometime. <laughs> we were supposed to go this this past fall, but that, that didn't pan out. <laughs> Guatemala is still on the list, though. That's that's like one of the next countries we really want to go to. Nice. You'll love it. I'm excited. What was your favorite thing there? Favorite thing in Guatemala. If you want me to be honest with you, my favorite snack in the mm-hmm. entire world is in Guatemala. And there's a company. It's called Popsies. And it's spelled P-O-P-S-I-S. Popsies. And what they are is basically like, you know, when you're finishing up a bag of popcorn and at the bottom, there's like the half popped kernels mm-hmm. that aren't fully, fully popped yet, but not just the regular kernels. It's just a bag full of those. And <laughs> they have like different flavors like queso, you know, spicy jalapeno or whatever the flavor is and or like movie theater butter. And they're amazing. They're my favorite snack in the entire world. And you, yeah. I only find them in Guatemala. Like any old like. Yeah, market. you can find them in like their their equivalent to Seven Eleven. I think they're called uh, Super Super Twenty Four. Okay. Is their equivalent to Seven Eleven? Okay. You're actually going back to Guatemala in a few. I months. am. I am hosting a group trip. Um, yeah. That's going to be at the end of April, and I'm going to bring ten people, and we're going to do Antigua, hikes and volcanoes. Uh, we'll go to Habitanango, which is like um, surrounds the city up in the mountains. It gives you like really good views and. There's like a park up there you can do like, I don't know how to explain it, but you kind of just like fall off a rope and I don't know the proper name for the activity, but. <laughs> <laughs> like rope swinging or. Yeah, just like a large rope swing, I guess. You also sold out your trip to El Salvador, didn't you? I did yesterday. Yeah, I, oh, I congrats. closed That's that group. I'm actually thinking of adding two more spots because I have so much interest. Um, wow. And I was able to garner all of this interest through my social media platforms, um, Instagram and TikTok. Uh, my El Salvador content does really well on TikTok. So uh, the videos that I made reached a lot of people. And I've been on my phone for the last three weeks, like almost all day, every day, responding to messages and coordinating with people, trying to explain everything, what they'd be getting, and just telling them about what I have to offer. So you're definitely going to plan on doing more group trips in the future? Yeah, it's something I want to do full time. Like I just, I want to just plan group trips for people who need help doing it. Or um, a lot of people don't like to travel by themselves or don't have anyone to do it. So joining my trips, you'll have the comfort of being with a local guide. I'll be there with you and you'll have a group of people who will be there with you as well. So these group trips that you completely put them together yourself, right? Yeah. So I know that there's a lot of big companies um, like 
Gia Adventures. Uh, there's like Turbo Trip, I know, mm-hmm. uh, which I think you guys are familiar with. Uh, you guys, yeah. yeah. And I said to myself, like, I could do that. I could just be the middleman, but I wanted to do it all myself. I didn't want to go through anyone else. I didn't want, I wanted 100%, you know, it's make or break on what I do. And I gave it a shot. Um, I can tell you the story of how it all started if you want. Yeah, I want to know. So I was in Guatemala a year and a half ago and I was traveling with my best friend and he had never done a backpacking trip before, but he had seen me travel all the time. He's like, Hey man, like, I want to go on one of these trips to you one day. And you know how you kind of bring that up in conversation and time yeah. passes and it never happens. Yeah. Well, he calls me one day. He's like, dude, I'll book a ticket right now. Like, let's go somewhere in four months. I was like, all right, let's go to Guatemala. So we go and we're having a great time and I'll make a long story short, but we were drinking and you know, when you're drinking, you have all these ideas that pop in your head and you think you're invincible and you're on top of the world and you can do anything and like, oh, I'm going to start this business or I'm going to do this, this and that. And uh, it was one of those conversations. And I had brought up that I wanted to do something like entrepreneurial, but like what product or what, like, what can I offer somebody? What kind of service could I provide to someone? And that was like the end of the conversation. And I'm, I'm in bed. It's like 2 a.m. And he comes in and he's like, dude, wake up. It's like, what's up? It's like two in the morning. He's like, I just had a conversation with Danny. Danny was the owner of the hostel I was staying at. And apparent and Dylan had, you know, a good amount to drink. So he can, he'll talk when he drinks. Dylan is, is my best friend's name. And I guess Danny and Dylan had a long conversation about me while I was asleep. And apparently Danny was like, yeah, you should just go tell your friend Cello that he, you know, he travels all the time. He, Cause I had put this experience together for Dylan, right? I planned everything. Dylan was like, I'll book the ticket. You take care of everything. Make sure I'm covered accommodation, transport, food, everything. You take care of it. I trust you, Cello. So that's kind of how I was born. He was like, Cello, you should, you've created this amazing experience for me. I've never done anything like this in my life. This has been the greatest like week of my life, right? He's like, you need to do this for other people. I wouldn't have known about this if it weren't for you. So he's like, just bring groups of people on these trips. And I was really tired when he was telling me this. So I was, I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. Um, You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I woke up the next morning and I went to Danny, who was like helping with breakfast for everybody. I was like, hey, when you're done, like, can I go talk to you over there? And we, Danny and I had like an hour long conversation about doing this. Um, and Danny had a friend who was already creating group trips. And her name was Nat or Natasha. She's like, hey, reach out to this girl, ask her for some advice and just just make it happen. So I was like, okay, I will. So I reached out to Natasha. I come home from the trip and I get straight to work. I start planning. I was like, you know, who do I know? Like, where am I going to go? Who am I going to bring? And how am I going to do this? So I was like, all right, I'm just going to promote this all myself. I'm going to get on Canva. I'm going to create all the graphics. I'm going to plan an entire itinerary. Um, I chose to go to El Salvador as my first trip because I had a really good local guide there named Francis. And I messaged Francis the day I get back. I'm like, hey, I have this idea. He's like, what's up? I was like, I'm, I'm going to bring people to El Salvador. What do you think? He's like, he's like, all right, let me know when you're going to be here. I'll, I'll have your van ready. I'll have everything ready. Um, so him and I began working together and I promoted it on my social media last year around maybe like October, November, maybe like a year and a half ago. And I sold it out in like a couple of weeks. And then we went to El Salvador last April and the trip was amazing. And I did a lot of personal travel the rest of last year. So I didn't do any other group trips, but I'm doing two more this year. 
uh, one to Guatemala and another one to El Salvador. That's so cool. We might actually reach out because like you said, we are hosting a group trip to Egypt, but we are going through Trover trip because when we were thinking about how to like logistically put together a trip for a group of people, it seemed too much with us working full time and trying to take that on seemed like a lot. But I know in the future, we've already had conversations that we would want to do it completely on our own. So that way we can create the exact itinerary that we would want. Um, Because, you know, when you do host with these other, you know, third party platforms, there are certain aspects where it may not be 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, we like the fact that one that they take care of a lot of the other, you know, annoying aspects like transportation and, you know, the stuff that you don't necessarily want to deal with. That's kind of nice. But being able to have the option of like where you're going to stay um, the down to the activities would have been a little bit more nice to have like a little bit more flexibility. I mean, we like what we've created, but at the same time, being mm-hmm. able to have like 100% control of that would have been nice. So we might actually reach out to you in the future on how to get the ball started on that. Yeah. So I'd love to, to help you guys out in any way possible. So Outside of like El Salvador and Guatemala, is there another location that you would want to do a group trip to? Yes. I've actually been having these thoughts in the last like couple of weeks. Um, I want to do a trip to Portugal, a group trip to Portugal. I actually want to do one to Tunisia, uh, which is the most recent country that I've visited. Um, I ran into a lady from Detroit uh, at my hotel as I was going to the airport to come home. Um, I had actually run into her the prior day. Mm-hmm. to at because I got to my hotel on my final day in Tunisia and I couldn't find my hotel it was like a huge residence area and like it was really confusing to find like the main entrance and lobby so I, this lady was taking a trash out and I walked up to her I'm like hey like this is where I'm going you know do you know where, where do I go I can't find it so she directed me where to go that was that as I'm leaving the next morning I see her again with a bunch of luggage and I'm like hey are you going to the airport and she's like yeah I was like me too so we ended up sharing a cab right uh, I was like, yeah, happy to split it with you, you know, whatever. Um, she ended up paying for it. She said, keep your money. Really nice lady. But on, like, it was like a 30 minute drive to the airport. And I was kind of just telling her about myself and just having regular conversation, telling her about the trips. Cause she was telling me she had a son my age. And I was, telling her, I was like, oh, I do these trips. She's like, I need my son to go on one of these trips with you. He's too scared to do it alone and yada, yada. But anyway, she, I told her that I'd be interested in doing trips to Tunisia. Cause she's from Tunisia originally. And she was like, I can, I can take, she was there building an American university actually um, in the capital of Tunis. That's why, that's why she was over there. And she was like, I know local guides here who can help you. Um, So whenever you're ready, just reach out to me. And so I plan on reaching out to her soon to like coordinate with a guide and coordinate everything. Um, So Tunisia, Portugal, I don't know if I want to go all the way out to Asia because that seems really complicated uh, being on like 12 hours away on a different time zone. So I'm going to keep it to Latin America, might add Peru, might, might add Ecuador, just because I'm so familiar with those countries. Um, so those are four others that I'm probably going to add within the next year or two. Oh, that's so cool. That's cool. It's so funny how so funny. like you meet people along the way that give you connections so that you can kind of like live out your dream. Cause like ultimately, right. Like you are doing what you want to do and like trying to create this life that you know, we all want and strive for. So that's kind of, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, I just, I I kind of identified an issue. I said, hey, people need help traveling. Maybe they don't know where to start. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't want to do it. A lot of people just don't want to go through the process of creating itineraries. I mean, that's what travel agents are for. I get that. But, you know, I think with the platform I've been able to build, 
combined with these trips. Uh, I think people have trusted me as somebody in the, the travel space because I've been doing it for so long. Um, and, and I like to think that I'm pretty transparent with like what I post on the internet and the DMs that I receive all the time asking for like help, where should I go? What are my, you know, I've seen you've gone here. What are the recommendations? I try to lead people in the right direction. So people see that and they just in turn trust me over. I mean, I've been posting for years. So this, it wasn't always like this for me. You know? yeah. I think I really love the travel space and social media has really like created this like safe space in the way where like so many people are able to communicate in like real time and just create like a really cool group of people, right? Because like, I mean, me and Shreya see it on our own personal like Instagrams, but even like for the Instagram um, for our podcast, like we've talk to people on a daily basis where they're like, oh, I'm so glad because like I thought I was feeling the same way where, you know, just being in corporate America, like I couldn't travel and like we're trying to like break those barriers, right? Like just because you work in corporate America or just because you're a millennial in your 30s does not mean that you can't travel, right? Like and we try to like really encourage and inspire people to get out there and travel. So I, I really love that whole part of like the travel space. And I think that's one of the positives of social media. I know social media can have a lot of negatives, right? But I do think that's like a huge positive of social media. Yeah, I would agree with that. And one thing I do want to say, and a lot of people don't know this about me because I don't post about it, is I work a full-time job. I have a, I have a full-time gig. I work Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, 12 hours a day. Um, I simply just maximize my PTO. Um, and I could give you the rundown on how I do that, but I'm not going to. Um, but a lot of people see what I put out on the internet and they say, oh, this guy probably just travels full time and doesn't have a job. I work full time. I just kind of make it happen. Um, I'm a single man with no mm -hmm. children, which makes it easier. But I do. I work full time just and it is possible. I think I traveled 14 different times last year and I had a full time job and I wasn't like going over on my PTO. I wasn't, you know. I was just, I kind of just like made it happen. Yeah. Social media does yeah. make it seem like you don't have a job, Well, not necessarily you yeah. in general, but I've had a lot of people say the same thing to me. And just over the last probably like, I don't know, since the pandemic, I've been kind of more open about the fact that like, hey, I'm a nurse, like I work, you know, because before that I really didn't <laughs> put that out there on social media. Um, obviously COVID with the lack of traveling kind of made it, you know, apparent that <laughs> I have an actual job. Um, but I mean, I always share too, like, listen, like I do work full time. I maximize my CTO. And the one thing that I always drive home is if you want to, and if you really want to travel, you'll find a way to travel because, you know, I do, I, I save my money. I don't go out and get coffee all the time. Like there's certain things that you can do to really put that in the forefront of your brain if you truly want to travel, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I tell people all the time, like travel doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have, you don't have to take off for a full month if you don't want to. Like there are ways where you can incorporate travel into your daily life if that's something that you want. 100%. Well, Chell, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I had a super fun conversation talking about hostels and your group trip. Where can our listeners find you to follow along your group trips? And then also when you're posting more of those or like launching more group trips? Uh, so my main social medias that I use on a daily basis are my Instagram and my TikTok. Uh, it's just my first and last name. It's Cello Abbey at C-H-E-L-O-A-B-B-E. And that's where you can find me. Uh, I'm very, I'm very accessible. Um, my life is out there on the internet. If you need to reach me, I'm a simple Google away. 
Awesome. Well, thank you again for hanging out with us. And Travel Besties, I want to know, have you guys stayed in hostels before or do you have any crazy hostel stories? If you do, we both want to hear about it. So go ahead and head over to our Instagram and let us know those crazy stories. And make sure you tune in next week because we have all of our untold crazy hostel stories that we want to share with you. With that, we will see you guys in the next one. All right, guys. See you next week. Hey, Travel Besties. Sheree and I want to know what you would love to hear on the next Passports and Coffee podcast episode. If you have an idea, fly on over to our website, passportsandcoffeepodcast.com, and let us know what travel topic you would love for us to cover. We want to create episodes that you want to hear and your suggestions mean the world to us. All right, Travel Besties, we will see you next week for an all-new episode on the Passports and Coffee podcast.